0: okay we are live woo oh my gosh it's the first of jan happy new right? year happy new year guys
1: <laughs> yeah daniela's like is it well, yeah it's just because not we're, we're not recording filming this on the first
0: <laughs> um but wow 2020 are we excited i am yeah i'm excited for a a new start yeah. even though like what is a new start you know you can start at any point but it's <laughs> nice to have a physical new start I you do know i think
1: that that's quite an interesting concept of like the new year's actually doesn't mean anything nothing it's like it's just it's another just day another day hundred percent we've created this like societal emphasis on like the new year Yeah. new year new me and there's so much pressure that goes along with that 100 that i'm trying to like avoid this year
0: yeah i don't know if i said on the podcast last week or just to you mm. but i spoke about how i don't like writing down resolutions oh, because yeah, you did say that. it gives me so much anxiety of like i have to get this done do you mm. know what i mean instead mm. of just being like work towards your goals
1: yeah. like
0: writing it down makes it seem like in these 365 is it a leap here next year <laughs> whatever i don't in know In two hundred sixty-five, <laughs> possibly 66 366 days i have to get the stuff done you know i don't like that new yeah. year new me 2020 is going to be my year bullshit i mean it's going to be my year but i'm not gonna be like daniela in 2020 this is what you're doing no, don't Get plan me. it out. Live I, your life. Just. You know what I do love though is getting a new diary every year. Oh, I know. Like a new, fresh. Clean. Both of us
1: are like classic chicks with our our like handwritten diaries. We yeah. Don't, we don't do that. Oh no.
0: Notes on our iPhones. No. Stuff. I try, but then I'm like, I don't know. I like having it written down. I know, me too. I like the act of writing it down. Yeah. I like when my friend or like someone's like. What are you doing on the 21st? I'm like, hold on. Let me just check. Open it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm booked and busy. (laughs) 22nd? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I just,
1: I must be like some sort of like grandma, but I can't get into the habit of like writing things down on my phone Mm, calendar. Me too. Like, I want to like open up a a physical diary and say booked and busy on the 21st, not like check my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. But what's also
0: kind of stressful for me right now is that a lot of things that are, like, happening are in the new year and I don't have a 2020 diary. (laughs) So I'm just trying to make mental notes, like, on the first this is happening, on the third this is happening, but, like, I need to get a diary ASAP. Yeah, so I usually get one
1: for Christmas. Oh, really? For reference, we're recording this episode before Christmas. It's the 17th. Yeah, because I'm going away and so I'm not going to be in Cape Town, so we're not going to record... So this is gonna be the end of season one of our
0: podcast. Yeah, and we'll be back on the. did we say twenty third, twenty second? I think of Jan. Twenty second of Jan. We'll be back. Yeah, twenty second of Jan. We're just gonna take a small two week break. Yeah, we need it. (laughs) (laughs) We're like lying on my bed right now, like breaking down. (laughs) I'm so tired. Um, but before we get to this episode, why don't we just roll the intro quickly? Oh yeah, sorry. Roll the the intro. (laughs) Okay, do you want to start?
1: You can start us off this week with your facts.
0: Okay, so our podcast this week, I know it's the first, and you might read the title and be like, okay, downer. Like we're trying to have a good Happy New Year. Happy New Year, I guess. But basically we're gonna speak about anxiety and how to combat it. But speaking about mental health and mental health in general, it doesn't have to be negative. Like I I do understand like putting the two together like negativity and mental health, but like it's good to speak about it. It's good to open up about how it affects you personally because mental health really affects people. You can have the same disorder, but it can affect you completely differently. and You can have different symptoms and whatever. So I think it's good to just speak from a personal level yeah, on like how anxiety affects us, how we combat it, how we just deal with it, you know, maybe some tips, yeah. tricks. I, got, I wrote down a few tips. Me too. And like what we personally do. And I like it when I like hearing other people speak about their anxiety because it's almost firstly it reassures me that like, you You're know, other alone. people are dealing yeah. with it. But also, like, sometimes I have learned, like, really good things, you know, that help me to, like, ground myself in moments where I need it most. Anyway. Is that your interesting fact? No. (laughs) (laughs) My interesting fact this week. Also, I like to kind of, like, if you've noticed, I like to kind of, like, tie the fact to the. Oh, yes. You do a little. To the topic. Yeah. um, so this fact isn't super interesting. I'm oh, going to wow. be honest. Okay. Well, but I have two facts. Yeah. So I'll combat your okay. interesting... But it's it's like important lacking. and interesting. And it brings us into this week's topic. Okay. So this study was studied. This estimation was done in 2017. So take that into account. It's probably a bit more now. Okay. Almost three okay. years later. This wind. It's very windy. Sorry, Sorry if you can hear that. December in Cape Town. Am I right? Okay. Um. So an estimated... 284 million people, Amy, worldwide experienced an anxiety disorder in 2017, making it the most prevalent mental health disorder around the globe. So that, I think, you can add us two to that list. So it's just, I wanted to just say that to firstly show that like, this isn't a rare thing that you're dealing with if you're dealing with it. Yeah. There are, millions as you just saw dealing with the same disorder and you might not even like be diagnosed you might just feel you know those tendencies at times and i just want to show you that like it's really not just you
1: i always think it's funny though because like when i'm like having an anxiety attack or like really really struggling my first instinct is like no one understands exactly. me. <laughs> no, And exactly. it's like that there's nothing could be further from
0: the truth. Yeah, a lot of people can relate. 284 I- million. And that was two, three years ago. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that, like, with I ju- it shows that it's so prevalent and that it's so important that we find ways to help yeah. and that we find ways to combat... Or even not eradicate, but just, you know, make it better. And because so many people suffer with this Mm. exact same thing. So that's what me and Amy's perspective of this episode was. We wanted to, you know, just make it a bit easier.
1: But we'll get to that in a second. I have to give you my interesting facts. Okay, very excited. Go. (laughs) Okay. So I have two because I couldn't decide which one was better. Okay. The first one, I saw a meme. On um, Facebook, mm. and I had to actually Google it to just double check the facts of fact checking, yeah, because I was like, just I was like, so shocked, okay. Right, have you seen Love Actually?
0: Yeah, I watched it the other day again. Oh,
1: it's the best, okay. So, you know, in Love Actually, there's Kira Knightley's character, yeah, and she gets married, yes, she's very pretty, and blah blah blah. Yes, it's not this, this fact is not really about Kira Knightley's like character, but it's about. The fact that when they filmed Love Actually in two thousand and three, yeah. she was eighteen. Oh. Okay. Did you know that? Firstly. No. Like that's there's the first bombshell. She does look very young, but eighteen. She eighteen. She's only thirty four now.
0: Wow. I for some reason thought she was a lot older. I know, me too. Kira Knightley. So okay. Kira like Knightley is not aged. Interesting. Well. <gasps> Dragging Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but what does she look like now? You carry on. I'm gonna search. Okay, search what she looks like now. But anyway, when they filmed
1: Love, actually she was 18. Okay. And you know the little boy Sam. Who, yes, who from Narnia. Uses... Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Was, was he in Narnia? <laughs> no. I think he was in Narnia. Liam Neeson was in Narnia. He was Aslan. But the little boy Sam, wasn't in Narnia. He
0: I wasn't. swear he wasn't. Was he in something like that?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Anyway. Anyway, sorry. So when they filmed Love
1: Actually, he yeah. like he's this like little kid. Yeah, he's you know, tiny, he's like he's running small. through. Do you want to guess
0: how old he was when they filmed that? No, fuck off. Are you gonna say he was eighteen? No. <laughs> I imagine. He was. If I had to look at him and guess, I'd say probably like. Eleven, twelve. He was thirteen. Okay. Wow, he looks a lot younger. Yeah.
1: Okay, but now, can we put this into context? Kira Knighty's not
0: ugly. No, she's not. But she does look quite old for 34.
1: Okay, but Kira Knighty was 18 Yeah, that's in the film, and he, he was, was 13. 13. There's a five-year age difference between Kira Knighty and the little boy. And she got <sighs> married in love, actually and he was chasing after some american (gasps) chick that was shame that part (laughs) was kind of
0: like i don't really like this when he was running through the airport and then she's like of course i know your name (laughs) because she was like she was like sam and he was like you know my name of course I know your name. I'm like, this is too much for me. Also, that like part when they're singing the carols on stage and she's like belting like, oh, and it's like old people. I'm <laughs> like, is this a school play? Yeah. It was not happening for me, but anyway.
1: Anyway, I just was really stumped the fact that they're five years apart. They're five years apart. Yeah. I was just like,
0: but also, what? what was the the meme that you saw?
1: It was like, just your annual Christmas, 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 remo- Christmas, <laughs> Christmas reminder that, um, Kira Knightley and the little boy Sam in Love Actually are actually only five years apart. And then there's like a picture of Kira Knightley in a wedding dress and Sam looking like a like fetus. A, a
0: literal child. Wow. I was like, this is bizarre. Okay, I'm just trying to see. I'm fact-checking if Sam from Love Actually was in Narnia. Okay, what's his name in real life? Thomas Brody Sangster. Thomas Brody Sangster. Maybe do you want to go to your second fact? Sure. Go for it.
1: So my second fact, I was just reading an article and it struck me as very interesting. Um, Basically, all the ants on Earth Mm. weigh as much as all of the humans on Earth.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amy, so you're saying mass-wise. Yeah, like weight. It's equal. Yeah. There must be a shit ton of ants. On this <laughs> <Earth>. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, okay, I'm so like, it's actually kind of blowing my mind a little bit. I know.
1: That's why I had to mention it. So there's about eight billion, give or take humans. Humans. Yeah. It's about ten quadrillion ants. Wow. Yeah. So, apparently, like this, the stats are like a little bit out. So, um. It's unlikely that this is still one hundred percent true because yeah. obviously, increasingly humans are getting fatter. True. Like our population is not growing as the same extent as our weight is mm. growing. Yeah, we're averaging like,
0: getting very fat.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure we've overtaken the ants um, in weight. Maybe there's a lot of
0: ants. Like maybe they really reproduce fast. There's and ten it's... quadrillion ants, at least. And how much do they weigh each? <laughs>
1: Like 0. 0.0 grams. I'm just kidding. Don't, they, they don't, don't weigh, weigh, weigh anything.
0: Okay, uh, he wasn't in Narnia. <laughs> he wasn't in Narnia. I knew he wasn't Wait, in Narnia. Wait, but An- I think I was thinking of something else. Like, maybe, like, the Maze Runner. He is in the Maze Runner. I'm sure he's in the Maze Runner. He's in Nanny McPhee. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with aunt. Aunt. <laughs> aunt. Aunt. Okay. Um. I'm just... I'm sorry I'm being a bit, little bit not present it's cuz i'm trying i'm thinking of this guy i think will poulter used to scrub okay let me just
1: leave okay yeah so uh, sam from love actually was not in <sighs> No, here, he wasn't in sorry i don't know who i was he's only 5 years younger than kira knightley who could have been his freaking
0: aunt in that film yeah honestly mother no not mother she have been a young mom but like I would have guessed she was at least twenty five in that scene.
1: Yeah, she got married. Like yeah. no one gets married when they're eighteen. You know
0: what I tweeted on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I tweeted on the Twitter. <laughs> you know what I tweeted the other day. What? It's us watching Love Actually, and that scene between Juliet, who is um Thingy's character, Keira Knightley's character. Yes. And Mark, the guy that. Yes. The video. It's really sad. When she comes to collect the wedding tape. Yeah. And like he's in love with her and all the footage is literally just of her Mm. like laughing. And then Dido plays afterwards. I am what I am. I'm literally crying. I'm Mm. like, this is so sad. Anyway, love actually great film.
1: I just, I often watch
0: that scene and I'm like,
1: that's so inappropriate,
0: man. It really is. Like. (sighs) Also, maybe show her that you like her like he's literally so rude to her and you know when people are like when boys like punch you it means they like you yeah. I'm like, yeah maybe when you're three but like <laughs> you're old you're adults adults <laughs> and he's like i really yeah. like you but he doesn't ever say that he does he when doesn't they're having that scene. ever say it
1: what with his own mouth he doesn't say it he like uses cards he doesn't even say yeah, it it's quite her.
0: weird Maybe it actually isn't that sweet after all. I
1: think it's creepy. And Pots that's take. the tea.
0: Okay. Anyway, we're speaking about anxiety this episode, <laughs> not um, Mark from Love, actually. <laughs> and um, I think, should we just speak a little bit about what anxiety is to us, what we okay, deal I with? You meant
1: like what it is in general? I was like, no, I, I don't like, want to speak about I what it like is in people general. people know what yeah. it
0: is. You can also Google, like, I'm like here as a Yeah,
1: no. Tell us about your experience with anxiety. Let's go
0: there. Let's get dark. Let's get deep. Um so basically I figured I had something (laughs) I figured there was something. I figured there was something wrong when I was twelve years old and I literally couldn't breathe. Okay. Also, when we laugh, we're not it's not funny, obviously. Like like anxiety is not funny and we're not making no, light of it. We are but not. it's our personal experiences, no, our you pers- know what I mean? And like, so,
1: like humour is a good way to like Cope. cope. It's a great coping And
0: like it is sad. Sense. I wish I didn't have anxiety, but I do. So like I might as well make like pick jokes, you know, like it's fine. Like I'm dealing okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like I was someone that is just definitely not dealing. I am dealing okay fine i'm fine yeah so basically i figured i had anxiety at about i mean i didn't know what it was but i would like lie in bed at night and like my chest was very tight but i didn't have like asthma or like anything like that but i would kind of like treat it in inverted commas by taking like an asthma pump but really yeah just because i was like like i'm like i feel like tight-chested which is the symptom that has come with me (laughs) my whole life to this day. But basically that happened. And like, it would get so bad to the point where my poor father shame, he works like nights, some weeks I'd like phone him. I'm like, I can't breathe. I'm like, imagine your 12 year old daughter phone you being like, I can't breathe. Like cool. My child's dying. So he's like, what do you mean? Daniela? Like this had happened so many times. I'm like, I can't breathe. So it actually got so bad that I went to the hospital, and they were just like, yikes, I don't know how, like, to tell you that you probably, your daughter probably has, like, general anxiety. There's an alarm going off. Fuck right off. Okay, just keep talking about your anxiety. Um, Yeah, so they were like, she probably has, like, just general, like, anxiety, Like, have you ever cheated her? Like, you know, anything like that? And she was like, no, this is kind of, like, the first time. Not the first time. Like, the first real symptom that's, like, ever come about. Um, So the alarm's really throwing me off. Yeah. Can you hear it on the recording? Probably. But anyway. um, So, yeah, that was the first real issue that happened. And that was the first time I was like, okay, so I'm not like everyone else because like special i'm special um and then it kind of just progressed like i dealt with it a bit i don't remember when it really became an issue where i had to like seek help but it kind of went like that for a bit and i don't really remember the years i followed that but it got like very bad when i was like 16 yeah like grade 9 10 I remember probably one of the worst like anxiety times of my life. Also, anxiety seems to happen to me in like moments. Like it's not a it's not a daily thing where I okay. deal with it's more like a like a like I have like a season of anxiety. Okay. Like I'll deal with it for like a month mm-hmm. and then I'll not deal with it. It's kind of weird. It's very like situational, my anxiety. And one of the worst like stints i had with anxiety was probably september my sixth like i don't know what year that is when i was 16 and it was september and i was going to the west coast of america and i was in like l.a and like in san francisco and vegas and i was like oh my god so fun but like i literally couldn't like just enjoy myself like i was so anxious day in and day out um, and my anxiety is kind of connected to, like, slight paranoia. Like, I I deal a lot with, like, overthinking and, like, mm. the worst. Like, the worst that could possibly happen. Like, yeah. I always think of, like, the worst outcomes. And a physical, like, I am, um, like, what's the word? Like, an example of that is when I'm super anxious in spaces, like, I'll always make sure I know where exits are just like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do it consciously. I'm not like, okay, now we're here. Let's look for exits. I just, that's just how my brain takes over. And it was just like an awful time, like that overthinking. I literally made myself think I had Ebola. It was with that Ebola what? outbreak. Yeah. I was like, I have how Ebola. How do you convince yourself you have Ebola? So like, it was a time where like Ebola was very like situated to like Africa. Like it Uh. wasn't all over, but someone came to the U S with Ebola and like, they had to like quarantine him. I'm like, he gave me Ebola. It's destined. Didn't even know what state he was in, but I was like, I have Ebola. I had like all the symptoms, but I think I was just like out of like my normal water. Like, you know Mm. what I mean? Like I probably just had like a 24 hour bug. Like, (laughs) but that is my anxiety. Like I, that is what happens to me. And I was on a flight back from Vegas and I literally, like we took off and my brother was sitting next to me. He's like, are you fine? I don't know why he asked. I don't know what he saw, but he was like, are you fine? And I just burst into tears. And I literally had the worst anxiety attack of my entire life in a plane in the sky. It was so awful. I couldn't like leave. I couldn't like, what I found later on in my life is that like I've, become very good at grounding myself yeah in moments of anxiety so it's very seldom that i'll have like a full-blown anxiety or panic attack like now like Mm. i feel like i've definitely got the reins a bit more and tackled my anxiety to a point where like i really do have power over it yeah but back then i was like hopeless like i had like anxiety pulls. like i had but it's things. also, like,
1: you don't really know what's going on. You don't on. know what's
0: going on. And also, like, your emotions are crazy as it is as a teenager. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things are, like, heightened. Like, you're going through shit. Like, you're dealing with stuff that you've never dealt with before. And then on top of it, you have, like, these times where, like, you literally are, like, paralyzed in all emotion, and all movement. Mm. Like, so, yeah, I had... That was probably the moment for me where i was like okay i'm like dealing with something you know what i mean (laughs) like that was a point where i was like sorry i don't mean to laugh no 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 yeah and then i went that's when i knew and that's when i knew that anxiety had taken me on (laughs) and i just it was that moment where i was like okay i need to like deal with this yeah so i got back to school and it was really bad like my anxiety was really bad i left one day like early and just went to the doctor and just like cried i'm like i like please like i need To do something So She put me on I don't know what it was But some anxiety medication And Like referred me to A psychologist Just to like Speak through You know Like What I'm going through And like just stuff like that And I think From That was almost like a Like a turning point Okay You know Like you know Sometimes in your life You feel like there's a specific moment That's like a Yeah This is it for you And I feel like from that day forward it's, It's constantly been like a an attempt to like conquer yeah, and not just live with. And I feel like I'm not going to say I don't deal with anxiety. Like I definitely Mm. do. And that is just the nature of anxiety. It's something that you probably will never conquer as in like gone forever. Like you never deal with it ever again. Yeah. But you definitely learn how to deal with it. Yeah. And I feel like ever since then I've gotten much better at dealing with it and maybe, after Amy, like, explains her anxiety, we can maybe speak about yes, how we yeah. deal with it. But, yeah, I think that's what anxiety is for me. It's just an overwhelming sense how of... How does it feel for you? Because I think,
1: like, this is something I've been dealing with recently is that, like, I haven't been able to really verbalise how my anxiety makes me feel. Mm. Um, Like, do you get, like, racing thoughts? Do you so, get, like...
0: Like, you said you got, like, tight chest? Yeah, mine is... A lot of the time, it's actual physical symptoms. Okay. So, like, like, very often, like, my anxiety starts with, like, a very tight chest. Like, I can feel it coming. Like, I feel like I need to, like, breathe deep. Yeah. If it's, like, really bad, like, I will get, like, numbness. Like, you know how, like, your body can feel, like, numb. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because you think you'd get used to it. Like, you think that you'd be like, okay, I'm feeling like a little bit t- tight chested so and like a bit like numb, like, okay, here's anxiety. But still, to this day, after I don't know many, how many years of dealing with this, I'm still like, am I dying? Like, <laughs> yeah. am I fine? Heart attack moment, but like, I'm not. Do you no, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm fine. Um,
1: so yeah Well I think it's because Like when your body Goes into like Extreme shock like that Like mm. anxiety can like Physically
0: shock your system Oh yeah Your system
1: is never Going to be like This is normal Yeah no but
0: also like Like full blown panic attacks And heart attacks Have such similar symptoms Oh yeah Like very similar symptoms It's quite scary Exactly And that was me In the Vegas freaking airport And in the plane Like am I dying On this plane right now <laughs> anyway yeah so that was that uh, oh let me just yeah speak a little bit about how it affects me and I just I wouldn't say it, aff- it does affect me mentally obviously like I do I'm not the like, exact same person as I am when I'm feeling like 100% normal in inverted commas mm. but it's, I would say it really affects me physically Um, yeah. I do get affected quite a lot by like social spaces mm. uh, like I don't have social anxiety but like sometimes if i'm driving to somewhere that i'm not super familiar or super comfortable with i'll feel like a sense of anxiety coming on Mm -hmm. but then i'm normally perfectly fine when i'm there it's just that like anticipation um yeah i can't really think of anything but i'm sure things will pop up but that it's very just like overwhelming if i had Uh to do if i have to say anxiety in a word it would be overwhelming and consuming very consuming but yeah
1: yeah so i think um my anxiety i experience it um quite differently yeah um in the sense that mine is less situational and more like every day yeah um i have struggled with depression for a long time um and i think like i've been in therapy now (laughs) i sound like i don't know what that sounds like but i've been seeing a shrink um for a few months now and we've basically been discussing like where that all like stems from because Mm. i think it's really important to figure out like like as you said like turning points Yeah, like unpacking and unpacking like moments because i think especially when you're a teenager and like quite young you really do struggle to Well, I I can only speak for myself, obviously, but I really struggled to sort of recognize and admit to myself that something was wrong. Mm. I was like, everybody's dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with. Everybody is hyperventilating because they haven't finished this one thing or everyone's freaking out because we have to do this or go here or like, you know, they don't know these people, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, like, that's not true. No. Um, And I've had, like, quite a unique, um, like, life journey up until this point, I suppose, Mm. in terms of, like, where I grew up, where I went to school, all of that stuff. Because for those people who don't know who are listening, I um, was born in South Africa, but I moved to England when I was nine. And that, like, dynamic of, like, moving across the world and having to start a new school and make new friends is incredibly traumatic. Mm. As much as it's, like, a great adventure and, like, all of that lovely stuff. And that's how we framed it, obviously. And I'm not, like, I don't resent my parents or anything, but, like, it's definitely taken a toll on my mental health. Yeah, and you like
0: know, sorry to interrupt you, they say that death, divorce and moving are three of the most traumatic things people can go through Mm -hmm. like mentally and physically yeah but you're moving across the world
1: yeah so that's like huge and i'm the oldest of three so like i carried a lot Mm. emotionally for like my parents and for my siblings um and a lot of stuff i internalized and when we lived in england i went to two different schools which was then also like a big change because like you're moving across the country, then you go to one school for two years and then you have to like go to a different school because mm. then you have to go to high school. So then I'm in high school with like no one from my primary school in England. So really? then I have to like start all over again. And then two years after that, my parents are like, oh, okay, cool. We're going back to South Africa. Woo. Mm. And I'm like, no, what? No, no. I just, I just I, settled. Yeah. Like I just settled. And then I moved back to South Africa and started high school again here. Well, in Joburg, and that was like incredibly traumatic for me. And like that, I would say, like you you said, you know, that's a turning point for you or whatever that me being about 13, moving back to South Africa and like not really having any like place that's like mine or like safe space. Or, like, any sort of stability. Yeah. It really triggered a lot of, like, depression and anxiety for me. Mm. And along with that came, like, a lot of pressure from myself mostly. But also, like, this, like, desire to, like, make my parents proud of me. Mm. And to, like, excel. Because, like, that was the only thing I knew how to do. In the sense Mm. that, like, I was so confused about where my home was who I was as a person that I was like, okay, I just have to like bury myself in work and just do good. And just like do it. And so high school was one of the most, like, I think back on it and I get anxious. Like it's mm, like,
0: it's fucking awful. Yeah.
1: It was incredibly traumatic for me. And I mean, I say that and it's, and it's hard. Cause I think like a lot of people who went to high school with me would be like, Amy, you were like so good. Like you were fine. Mm. And I'm like, if only you knew. <laughs> like you were getting
0: great grades, but like yeah, behind I had like like getting like those great grades. And yeah,
1: and it wasn't like, I don't know. It's really hard to explain because it's like, I am like an academic. So like I didn't struggle to like study or anything, mm. but it was so, the amount of pressure I put on myself was just like unparalleled. And then coming to Varsity was like a huge change for me because I was like, I'm all alone again. Again, in a different city now, again. Yeah, all by myself. Like So I've just like constantly been going through changes in my life that has resulted in like a lack of stability and extreme bouts of anxiety. Mm. So like Daniela said, her anxiety is often situational and she'll experience it maybe for a month or two at a time. Mm. And then she can sort of get a grip on it. Mine I've found is a lot more like, elusive it's like very hard to get a grip on Mm. it kind of consumes me but it's also i want to say like it's mixed in with depression so Mm. i get anxious because i'm depressed and i can't get out of bed in the mornings and then i get depressed because i'm so anxious and i haven't finished all of my assignments or like i have shit to do or you know like stuff is going wrong but then I'm depressed, so I can't actually do anything about it. Yeah, and also so the the depression, cycle. like,
0: the downer of depression and the, like, constant, like, buzzing of anxiety, the mm. two together is such a mess. Like, yeah. But I wanted to say something. Yeah. I read that um, nearly 50% of Americans diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with anxiety. Yeah. So that's, like, a lot of people. That's half of the people out that are diagnosed with depression, also have anxiety. So I think that's quite... Yeah. So
1: I think, like, for me, a huge way that I have, like, been able to cope Mm. is um, by firstly admitting to myself Mm. that I was struggling and, like, validating that. I think a lot of times people are like, you have to put on this big like brave act like you're fine like you're coping and i think like for a long time i did that and i was like i'm fine you know like there's nothing wrong i'm just coping like everybody experiences like racing thoughts and like this feeling of like imminent doom and like they're Mm. gonna just collapse at any moment but people keep pushing and that's fine and i'm like you actually
0: don't have to live like that Mm. like you it's like you shouldn't have to put yourself through that i also feel like as people that have both like struggled with anxiety from like quite a young age, Mm. I feel like you're so young in general, in like your understanding of the world, but then adding this like complex thing that your brain is doing, you really, I feel like young people feel lost a lot because you're like, what is happening to me? Is this normal? Because you've never gone through it, but also you can't really speak to it about, because who do you speak to at 13? Do you know what I mean? I mean other thirteen-year-olds. Yeah. Like, you can say like, "Oh, yeah. do you feel anxious sometimes?" And they can be like, "Yeah, he, he, he." But it could just be like, "Oh, they just feel stressed," or you know, yeah. they just have a moment of and, like, like stress and anxiety are not very different. different. Yeah, like people, I will go on a big rant yeah. about this, and like, that's why I think it's also important to use your words correctly. You know, and don't yeah. be like, "I feel so anxious right now." When you don't really feel you just anxious feel, stressed. feel stressed, or I'm so depressed, but you're just sad. You know, it's not the same thing. Yeah, but I think. big part of it, like you said, was like, in the beginning, I was like, I'll just work through this. Yeah. I'll just, one day I'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it was like constant, no, it's like constant denial. It's like Mm. constant, like, there's nothing really wrong with me. Mm -mm. And I feel like once you make that leap from denial and pushing it down to being like, I'm actually going to accept this, going to accept that this is what's like validated. what's going on. Take it into account and just push from there. I feel like that is the biggest and the first and biggest step you can take yeah, to conquering 100%. and getting better. Because denial is going to get you nowhere. It's actually yeah. going to make it worse because you're going to suppress until your body literally explodes with like not knowing how to cope because yeah. you've never taught it or you've never had any well, kind you've of never like had
1: patience with your body. Yeah. I, and I know, like, from personal experience, like, that, like, tipping point of, like, explosion yeah, is it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's so bad. I've pushed my body to some, like, awful, extremes. awful extremes. And I mean, like, <laughs> I've, like, overdosed on, like, alcohol and that's mm. really dangerous. Like, I've been in a lot of situations, mm. particularly at the beginning of last year, I was just, like, really reckless and I think, like, I was going through a huge heartbreak. And, like, there's lots of reasons for all of this. And, like, it's fine. I'm alive. Yeah, I'm fine. We go through things. But it's, like, my biggest piece of advice to people struggling with anxiety and depression is, like, don't mess with alcohol and drugs. Mm, no. Like, recreational drugs. Like, if you're going to do drugs, be careful. Know mm. what you're putting into your body. Do research. And do speak research. To and, and I would I would suggest, like, I have found huge benefit from, like, medication. mm but like prescribed medication, don't just like overdose on stuff because your body then starts to freak out. And if you're it like messes with the chemicals in your brain, yeah, and like you it's so and You don't want to like,
0: form dependencies. You don't yeah. want to. It's really it's something hard to tackle anyway. And then yeah. you don't want to have to then tackle anxiety, depression and like alcoholism, alcoholism. How do you say that word? <laughs> alcoholism. Alcohol. I don't know. Uh, let's just say, like a addiction yeah. to anything. You know, like we don't want to go down that road. And
1: it's difficult, and it's like sometimes there's no other option. But like, really try and avoid that.
0: Really try and avoid. Another
1: it. thing that I would I would say has really really helped me has been like journaling. Mm. I found that a lot of times like my anxiety causes me to forget things.
0: Oh yeah, and like have you read s- the scarity. studies on? people suffering with anxiety and depression and how much their brain just blacks out memories yeah and not even memories there was this thing i read about how like it's really hard for people that are struggling with severe depression and anxiety to like do well at school because mm. it's hard for their brains to absorb and keep information yeah because if they said something about how your body's Honestly, going through like such survival instincts at some mm-hmm. points that like memory or thoughts or anything that's not necessary just is just forgotten. It's like one in one ear, out yeah, another. which is like very scary and sad. Yeah.
1: So a great coping mechanism or like thing that has helped me with that has been journaling. Mm. I I love writing things down like physically, but you can also like use your notes app on your phone yeah. or like write in the in like a diary app on your computer Mm. like there's so many different ways to do it and to just sort of say like what did I do today what did I learn today how did I feel today what did I eat like keep track of things so that you can actually also track like your sleeping patterns Mm. your your mood patterns and all of those things Especially, like, if you're going to go and see a doctor, then you can say, like, for the past few weeks, I haven't been sleeping properly. Or, like, this and this and this have been, like, reoccurring. And you can actually, like, look back at your journal entries and be like, oh, actually, like, this is a common thread. Like, this is, like, something that keeps popping up.
0: And I was going to say that um, something that my doctor actually recommended was keeping almost, like, an anxiety diary
1: yeah so i don't want to call it that though. no like, no that's like has
0: quite a lot of like connotations Pressurizing connotations. yeah but uh, for her what it was basically was it it was very hard for us to agree or come to terms with like triggers or mm. like things that stimulate my anxiety yeah because like i said it's situational and situational on the point where i don't mean A happens or B happens and then anxiety happens. That's not how it was for me. It's Like
1: just A can happen once and you'll get anxious and then A can happen again and you'll be totally fine. fine, So it was
0: very hard for us to find triggers. And that was a reason I kept a diary to be like, what happened today? Or what did I think about today? Mm. And it was just easy to then kind of unpack and break down. And it's just good to also just look back at, you know? Yeah. Also, something I want to start in the new year is... um, scrapbooking oh yeah so i really want to at the end of each month take the like deliberate initiative like make a point of it every month to go print photos from that month keep all the like little tidbits like i don't know like tickets or like stamps or whatever the hell happens that month and just like make pages.
1: Mm, I do that, yeah.
0: I don't do that at all. I have memory boxes and memory boxes of, like, stuff, but it's just in boxes. Mm. I want to, like, lay it all out and it's so beautiful to look back at that. Yeah. So I also really want to do that. Yeah. But should we speak a bit, a bit about, like, how... Like, yes, you said journaling, but, like... Well, I Yeah, I have a couple of, like, ideas okay. of, like, where to go.
1: We obviously also said, like, medication can be helpful. Yeah. But my first suggestion would be seeing a psychologist yeah seeing a therapist seeing someone that you feel like you can trust and being consistent about it at least for a few months like just to get you out of like a rough patch i do think like finding a psychologist that suits you is really difficult And I think a lot of people struggle to, like, find that. And a lot of people don't like talking about their feelings. Mm. I'm like, I'm not that person. I love talking about my feelings. So, like, for me, it's a very easy process. But it's very necessary. For a lot of other people, it can be very, very triggering and very difficult. And to those people, I would say, I still encourage you to try. And I'd say give it, like, three sessions. Mm. And if the person you're with doesn't work for you, then that's fine. Then move on, Move on. don't go back, see somebody else. Yeah. And then but therapy is like a really, really good way to like have an outside opinion who's not related to any of the issues. Yes. So it's not the same as like talking to your best friend or talking to your mom or talking to your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. It's not that, It's that's not really what I mean by like talk therapy and mm. like therapeutic conversating about, your issues. It's like you are talking to somebody who's removed. Who can see everything from like a little bit of a different perspective. Can give you like actual advice. Or can just like be a listening ear. And yeah. like that's really important.
0: I just wanted to state that like we also are obviously aware. Of like the funding that goes into yeah. that. Because it can be especially like if you're going to go for quite a while. It can really like rack up. But there is alternatives to actually having to pay if you're on medical aid look at like your benefits like there is quite a lot so
1: for every person who's on medical aid there's a thing called prescribed minimum benefit which means you basically your medical aid is like required to give you 15 sessions of like psychology and psychiatry help per year so look into that prescribed minimum benefit um also and student health
0: if you're at yeah, university student
1: wellness student health
0: but they are i have seen like yeah. on twitter that there is place there, are, there is there are places that do do it for free yeah and we also are aware that student health and those kind of things because they have such a high demand it's not a very easy process of getting into and we do understand that i I know that from personal experience with friends like it's not this easy thing and we are aware of that so we're not saying like we are saying that therapy is you know great and if you can do it do it but we do understand that it can be hard to get into and that you shouldn't feel like oh i can't go to therapy that's it for me i'm done yeah like there are things you can do yeah
1: i just i i I'm a big, like, supporter of... Me too. ...of talking
0: yeah. about your problems, opening up. A problem shared is a problem yeah. halved. And, and I, I really do believe that. No, me too. Um, I just wanted to speak, because I did mention grounding. Yeah. And grounding has been particularly helpful for me. Mm. Because, like we've spoken about, I said that I've gotten, like, the reins on this whole thing, you know. Like, yeah. I've kind of figured it all out, you know. Like, I kind of feel like me and my anxiety are, like enemies rivals that fight and like <laughs> I'm really like win sometimes I mean it definitely wins sometimes but I'm like a good fighter at this point like I've yeah. learned you yeah know? so I just wanted to run through like some things sure, that I do it. and you might find it funny but, okay. like
1: I'm not gonna because laugh because
0: it can be a bit like are you joking but it's in the moment also what I spoke about with my doctor is that you really have to like completely like trick your brain into being like I'm fine so you need to try and like completely just get out of it like also maybe not for everyone just like that's how it works for me so what I do the first thing I <laughs> Go t- first thing I do I've got them here so okay so what I do is I use the numbers like five four three two one yes and you can do it in any like way you want to do it but mm-hmm. what I do is like you identify five things. You can see. Then you, like, try and hear four things. But you have to be, like, I can hear the wind. I can hear the leaves on the ground. I can hear Amy speaking. I can hear my own voice. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have yes. to s- say four things out loud. Okay. It's about distracting yourself. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yes. And then, like, three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing if you, you can taste. Okay. So, like, you just go, like, down like that. And I find that, like thinking and having to do things really helps me i don't know if i was speaking to you when i was like i literally just got up and washed my shoes Mm. like i have to do things i cannot lie in bed if i'm anxious like even though like so much of me i was just like i can't face the day but i'm like i have to do something so i'll like literally go and like literally wash my shoes Mm. like i'll do something and then this is not one i use but i have written it down but basically like carrying a grounding object so like carrying something small that like comforts you yeah and like you can look at it and like think about it it and like its significance to you and then something i mentioned earlier is that like i can like feel physical symptoms of like numbness or like tingling Mm -hmm. so like rubbing those areas like physically with like your hand you know just to like stimulate and like that helps or like blankets or like comfy clothes you know trying to like get into the most like comfort you can and then something I do often again probably sounds stupid but I basically ask myself questions oh yeah and something I will always do is like where am I like where am I right now what's my name and age what year is it where do I live and something I do often because I can't always remember those things but i'll like say like out loud literally like what my name is what i study yeah like it just you know because like you're trying to distract yourself yeah you're trying to get your brain away from thinking of like holy shit i'm dying to like thinking using your memory using parts of your brain and it's really helpful to just recognizing what coping mechanisms work for you and that's what i've done and that's what i feel like has really helped me it's really helped me to be like i'm anxious i'm feeling anxious what are five things i can see what are Mm. four things i can hear you know like it just helps it helps to do that yeah and yeah i think that's pretty much it for me my
1: final thing is also including today's shout out of the week yes and that is yoga Mm. I wanted to shout out a yoga studio in um, Seapoint called Yoga Life Mm. because on Mondays and Thursdays they do free beginners classes. And I mean, like, you can go forever for free to those classes. It's great. Um, And I find, like, yoga is, like, a really, really calming space for me. I find it, like, very much, like, you can meditate, you can, like focus on your body you can focus on your breathing like mm. it's so grounding and it's so helpful after like a long day if you've like been really anxious or like just to like get your mind in a better place mm. I find yoga is really really beneficial and any sort of exercise but like yoga because it also is like a mental thing As much as it is a physical thing. 100%. So, yeah. Shout out to Yoga Life. If you are interested, um, I'll probably post a link on Mm. um, the social media page. On our Instagram. That's
0: that underscore podcast. Podcast. I'm yet to go, but I'm very interested. Yeah. Like, very.
1: So, yeah. That's been today's episode on anxiety and how to cope and how we cope and how we also don't cope and how we're... Mm. Still struggling.
0: But Um, it's an upwards battle. We might post some things when this episode goes live on our Instagram. Just like maybe some like Instagram pages. Just anything, you know, related to anxiety. Yeah. So check that
1: out at That's That Podcast.
0: Um, But we'll see you in two weeks.
1: Yeah. Hope you don't miss us too
0: much. We hope you do miss us.
1: Miss us a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because then we'll be back with a bang. We'll be back with a bang. Um, Be safe. Yes. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. That's that on that. Woo. <laughs> <dip, dip,
1: dip. laughs>